Are you in need of daily encouragement or want to learn more about First Baptist Belton? Visit our website at www.fbcbelton.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Follow and like today. Thanks for listening to today's message. Open your Bibles, please, to 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. The Bible calls us to purity for His glory, for our good, and for our joy. The Scripture says, Be holy, for I am holy. And that scares us. I can't do it. I am too big of a sinner. What does that even mean? Does it mean perfection? Certainly not. But forgiven sinners are declared righteous by God through the blood of Jesus. That's you and me. Our desire to be holy is then for obedience and for His glory and our well-being and our joy. The call to purity is seen by many as repressive and very much out of date. That thought comes from a refusal to believe the Bible. It also comes from a misunderstanding of the immensity of God's love for us and His desire for what is best for us and His desire to bless us. So we see purity as impossible, even undesirable, and repressive, and from an old-fashioned God who is out to make us miserable. Instead of believing the reality of Jesus, who said, I'm come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly, John 10.10. So today we continue our series on what in the world is happening here. The here is not this building. The here is our culture. So... I bring a manuscript to the pulpit, things I've never done in 40-plus years of preaching. But it's very important that I choose my words carefully and say exactly what I feel led to say by the Holy Spirit and that I not get off track and chase rabbits, which I have been known to do if you weren't aware of that. And so we continue this series today, can't review any longer like we were doing in the first four weeks. Just remember, the first week we laid the foundation and said that Jesus and the gospel are offensive. In our culture, Jesus and the gospel are offensive. On week two, we talked about the disappearance of the innocents. 
That is abortion. Week three, we talked about real religion. What is real religion? Real religion to the least of these. Because it ties in with today's message, I'll read to you James 1.27. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Those are not three options. Those are all tied together. Real religion. Ministering to widows and orphans and keeping ourselves undefiled from the world. Last time I preached, modern-day slavery, human trafficking. I was able to get away last weekend and appreciate Dr. Jason Gish preaching, and he did a magnificent job, which we all knew he would. So today, purity and sexual immorality. Purity and sexual immorality both begin in the heart and in the mind. I'm going to read several passages of Scripture before we read 1 Thessalonians. I do not expect you to try to keep up thumbing through, but if you're a note-taker, you will want to write down these Scriptures throughout this message. 1 Peter 1.16 It is written, Be holy because I am holy. That is a direct quote of the Old Testament book from the Old Testament book of Leviticus chapter 11 verses 44 and 45 where the scripture says I am the Lord your God consecrate yourselves to be holy because I am holy I am the Lord who brought you up out of Egypt to be your God therefore be holy because I am holy the word holy means set apart distinctive different And that is a major issue of our day for the church because there is the constant pressure upon us to conform and to not be distinctive, to not be different, but, but to simply be like everyone around us. Understand that the word holy has absolutely no relationship to the term holier than thou, which is spiritual snobbery, and it has absolutely no relationship to the old term holy roller, which means an ostentatious fraud. But holiness is a powerful Bible word, set apart and distinctive. In Second Timothy, or rather First Timothy chapter four, verse twelve, Paul said, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. So that verse lets us know that old age is not required for holiness. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7 Paul, Second uh, Corinthians chapter 7, Paul records these words. In fact, I'm going to leap back to chapter 6 and read a few verses there, the last verses. What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? 
For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them and I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. And I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Those verses let us know holiness is doable. Titus, the second chapter, Titus chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. We wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. James chapter 4, verse 8. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. And then Psalm 119, verses 9 through 11. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? Same way, and this is the Davis translation, the same way an old person can stay on the path of purity. And here's the answer, how? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. It is a crying need of our day for purity in the church. The message is based on scripture, not opinion. So when you leave here today, after I've said what I'm about to say, please don't say, my preacher said. Say, the word of God says, because that is exactly what I'm going to be sharing with you. The word of God says. Now, if you want to throw me in there, you can say, my preacher told me what the word of God says. I'm okay with that. It is the word of God. It's not your choice as to whether it is the Word of God or not the Word of God. It is the Word of God. Believe it or not, that is your choice, to believe it or not to believe it. The church today is pressured to be cool, to be hip, to be with it, to not make waves, and don't make people feel badly. And we don't do that, but the Holy Spirit might. We are pressured to compromise. We do not want to be perceived as what we aren't, intolerant, hateful, bigoted. Sadly, there are believers who are all of those things, but we are not. And if you don't know us, then just watch us and see what we do in the community, and you'll understand that we are not hateful, bigoted, bigoted, or intolerant. It is easier to crumble than it is to stand. You'll remember in the first week we said it is a necessity that we have a spiritual spine. 
But frankly, it's easier to crumble than it is to stand. We keep coming back to this. The Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says. Now, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 1 through 8, so that we won't take any more time than necessary. Just stay where you are, and I'm going to read this. Look at verse 1. As for other matters, brothers and sisters, we instructed you how to live in order to please God, as in fact you are living. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more, for you know what instructions we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. It is God's will. Mm, Attention, hawk the horn. Whenever you see these words, it is God's will, underline it, highlight it, circle it, and carefully give attention to what follows. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God, and that in this matter no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. The Lord will punish all those who commit such sins as we told you and warned you before. For God did not call us to be impure but to live a holy life. Therefore, anyone who rejects this instruction does not reject a human being but God the very God who gives you his Holy Spirit. Now, you do not need me to write a commentary on what I just read. It is as plain as day and easy to understand. So I want to go from there to help us remember several things. And the first is the call to purity. Throughout Scripture, there is a call to purity on the part of God's people. That is impossible for us except through the power of the Holy Spirit. Faith in God and His Word. And the result is distinctiveness, a difference, holiness. It is important for our growth and pleasure that comes to us from pleasing God. If there is no desire at all... On your part to be holy and pure, I'm going to be so bold as to say you are likely not a believer, but just a pretender who happened to come to church this morning. The call is there, and it is clear there is a call to holiness and to purity for every believer. That leads us to the second thing, the importance of purity. Here's why it's important. First of all, it is important for obedience. God himself has called us to purity. So when we strive to be pure, we are obeying God. So the importance of purity is obedience. The second part of that importance of purity is that it glorifies God. It honors him in our lives. With our bodies, we bring glory to God. Third, it protects us. It keeps us from being where we should not be doing what we should not do, thinking what we should not think. It is a protection for us. 
The importance of purity is also this. It brings us physical pleasure. It brings us physical pleasure because that is God's design for you and for me. And then it strengthens our witness as others watch and observe. They may not like us. They may not care for what we say, but they will see and know that we truly belong to Jesus. We are not hypocritical. We don't speak out of both sides of our mouths. We say what we believe and we live what we believe. And then it reminds us, of where we stand. That's why purity is important. It reminds us of where we stand. I've been sharing some statistics with you through most of this series, not as much today as previous weeks, but here are some statistics. This comes not from Varna this time, but from George Gallup. And all of us have heard of the Gallup poll and for generations. And so in 2017, so it's not completely up to date, but it's not all that old. In 2017, uh, Gallup did a poll of moral issues in America and what Americans approve of. And so here are the statistics. Americans approve of divorce, 73%. 69% approve of sex between an unmarried man and woman. 63% believe or approve gay or lesbian relations. 36% approve of sex between teenagers. 36% approve of pornography. 17% approve of polygamy. 9% approve of extramarital affairs. Well, thank the Lord. There's one that most people don't approve of. Do those statistics startle you? They shouldn't. So let's talk for a moment about the sacredness of marriage. I read this morning from Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. In the second chapter of Genesis, So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. And the man said, translated into 2019 language, wow. But let's read what the Hebrew says. This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. The words of Jesus, Matthew chapter 19, verses 4 through 6. Haven't you read, Jesus said, that at the beginning the Creator made them male and female and said, for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh? So they are no longer two but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, 
Let no one separate. And then Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 4. Marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure, for God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. Now, in regard to marriage, there's much more that could be read, but I think that's sufficient for this morning. One man, one woman for life. Home is always in the context of one man and one woman freely and totally committed to each other for life in faithfulness to God and one another in Scripture. Now, sex in biblical marriage is a treasured gift from God given to a husband and wife, a gift of God for enjoyment and intimacy and procreation. Always honored within the marriage context. Sex is never spoken of positively outside the husband-wife relationship. Purity in the physical sense means intimacy in marriage, a man and a woman. God intends marriage for our joy. Now, I'll say more on marriage at a future sermon in this series. So let's go to the fourth thing, and that is the sin of sexual immorality. First Thessalonians 4 that I read, very plain and straightforward. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning with verse 9. Or do you not know? That wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were. Paul says to the church in Corinth. That's what some of you were. But you aren't anymore because... You've been washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead and he will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never! Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said the two will become one flesh. But whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. It may startle us to know that Paul is saying in this text, if you have sex with someone other than your husband or your wife, you are literally taking Jesus into the bed with you. That is a startling thing to consider. Romans chapter 1, verses 24 to 27. Paul writes, 
Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. Two more brief passages. First Timothy chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. We also know that the law is not made for the righteous, but for lawbreakers and rebels, the ungodly and sinful, the unholy and irreligious, for those who kill their fathers or mothers, for murderers, for the sexually immoral, for those practicing homosexuality, for slave traders and liars and perjurers, and for whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine that conforms to the gospel concerning the glory of the blessed God, which he entrusted to me, Paul. And then First Peter chapter 1. Verses 13 through 16, I read one of those verses a little bit ago. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed in his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he called you, just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. So what is sexual immorality it would be sex outside of marriage would be someone who is married married but becomes intimate with someone not his or her spouse called adultery or if single it can be sex before marriage or sex outside of marriage with no intention to marry the old biblical definition for that or the old biblical word for that is fornication sex before marriage is immorality. Many will say, well, we're going to get married anyway, so why should we wait? Remember, obedience, to glorify God, to protect yourself, and to strengthen your witness. And waiting will enhance the pleasure that comes to you after marriage. Heart adultery is immorality. According to the words of our Lord himself, who said, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. That includes the epidemic and the plague of our day called pornography. 12% of all websites, 12% of all Internet websites are pornographic sites. Last year in America... Pornography generated $16.9 billion in revenue. There were 33.5 billion visits made last year to pornographic sites on the Internet. And 12 new pornographic sites are loaded onto the Internet every minute. Heart adultery is immorality. And then homosexuality is immorality. A man with a man or a woman with a woman. Now hear me well, church. We are hypocritical 
if we see homosexuality as a sin but turn a blind eye to adultery or minimize premarital sex. The practice of homosexuality is a sin. The verses that I've read this morning are all from the Bible, and they are all as clear as they can be. We hate the sin, but we are careful not to hate the sinner. Always, and with any sin, we despise sin, but not the sinner. Homosexuals are loved by Christ, and we do not demonize them. We evangelize them and pray for them, but we do not demonize them. However, at the risk of being the recipient of society's scorn, homosexual sin is never God's will. Never. It is never presented positively in Scripture. Not once. There is no proof that a person is created that way. And when a person says, I was made this way, they are basing that on their feelings. If there is an inclination that people have, and apparently many do, if there is an inclination toward homosexuality, it does not require that you practice homosexuality. Homosexuality is not the unpardonable sin. We, however, do people no good if we endorse that which is unbiblical. God loves us all. The homosexual deserves to be treated with respect and with dignity. But loving them does not mean endorsing the unbiblical in their lives. For those who believe that homosexuality is your orientation, I plead with you to practice celibacy and abstinence and allow God to teach what he wants to teach you through that. My desire is not condemnation, but biblical truth. That is where I stand. I can do no other. Then as we move toward a conclusion, the hope for those who fail and the strength for those who are tempted. The hope for those who fail and the strength for those who are tempted. You understand that one sermon cannot answer or even begin to address all the questions that we might have concerning this subject. But here is the hope for sinners who have failed. And it's all found in Jesus It begins with confession of our sin, agreeing with God, confessing our sin, repenting, turning away from our sin, then receiving the blessing of forgiveness from the Lord himself and beginning all over again. Confession, repentance, forgiveness, beginning again. In first, then then the strength for those who are tempted, and we all are tempted in many ways. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. For those who are tempted, reach into God's Word. We read earlier, the way for a young man to keep his life pure is in the Word of God. Reach into God's Word and reach up to God in prayer. And I'm not talking about an occasional prayer that we fling up to heaven. I'm talking about continual prayer. Rearrange your habits, the places you go, the people you hang out with, and the practices that you do from day to day. 
run. And I mean that quite literally. When faced with temptation, it may sometimes be necessary for us to pick them up and put them down. Run away from temptation. Flee immorality, the scripture says. It literally means to run. And then recover. Recover. I want you to know that we now have a um, email address that you are invited to email if you need help. It's very simple. Recovery at fbcbelton.org. Recovery at fbcbelton.org. If you need help about anything or if you are seeking to recover from a lifestyle that's gone astray, it will be read by one of our designated ministers who will then take it and take appropriate steps to assist the sender of the email. Recovery at fbcbelton.org. Now, all of this goes back to week one. That's why we had to lay a foundation to this series. It all goes back to week one. What do you believe about God? That's the question. What do you believe about God? God desires the best for us. That is why, that is the why of his boundaries. Do you believe that? God's creation of each of us is magnificent. As our creator, he has the right to set our boundaries. Do you believe that? There is not one instance in all of God's word where God advocates or celebrates sex outside of marriage. His love for us is shown most clearly in Jesus, his life, his death, his resurrection, the giving of eternal life, the forgiveness of our sins, and the Holy Spirit who comes to dwell in us. So it becomes a matter, will we believe him? Will we believe his word and then strive to live accordingly? Let's bow our heads for prayer. In a moment, Brother Gary will lead us in the singing of an invitation hymn. There is at least one and perhaps several in this room who have not yet trusted Jesus as your Savior and Lord. So the invitation from the risen Christ is to you, to your heart this morning. When we sing in a moment, I invite you to leave your seat. You know the Holy Spirit is speaking and calling and wooing and drawing. So leave your seat, come and place your hand in mine and say very simply, Pastor, I need Jesus. And a member of our staff will be here to pray with you, to open God's word and to share with you. For all the rest of us, be holy, God said, for I am holy. May we continue to strive to be like Jesus, to be holy men and women for our protection, for our obedience, for the glory of God, for our own blessing, well-being, and joy. So, Father, speak to our hearts. I pray that if there is some action we need to take, that it will be so clear from the Holy Spirit that we will know what it is that we must obey. And then I pray that you'll draw that man, woman, boy, or girl who does not yet know you through Jesus to yourself this morning. 
In the Savior's name I pray. Amen. You come as we stand and sing. If you would like more information, visit our church website at www.fbcbelton.org or call our church office at 254-939-0705. We are located at 506 North Main Street in Belton, Texas. We hope to see you soon.